Well, greetings to all those who are participating in this worship through online. Uh, it's been several weeks. Uh, we are uh, worshiping online. Uh, it feels still strange uh, to be preaching uh, in front of the almost empty seats. I see Brother Kyle Pesh and Jonathan Foster. Uh, by the way, great. I mean, I'm so glad to have uh, Brother Kyle back to our church. Uh, worshiping uh, with us and uh, praying, uh, serving as worship leader, and then Ryan and Daniel faithfully coming every Sunday to uh, work on the sound system and to make this worship pro- worship possible. So I thank all of you on behalf of everyone else. Uh, today's passage uh, is is uh, from Psalm 42, uh, verses one through five. Psalm 42, uh, verses one through five. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to uh, Psalm 42, the first half of the uh, chapter, uh, verses 1 through 5. Now, this is God's word. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my spirit, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you, are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. Thus ends the reading of God's word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this worship. Uh, even though uh, we are not able to uh, have this uh, public worship in the sanctuary, Lord, we'll still be able to, uh, able to uh, worship uh, through online. And I ask that you will uh, bless all those who participate in this worship by faith, no matter where they are at. May your Holy Spirit work upon their hearts. And unite us and open your words to us. We may be encouraged, admonished, and even trained. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I know that this is not an expected text because uh, since we're still in the book of John series, uh, we have a couple more sermons left uh, in the book of John. I picked this special text uh, since we're going through very unusual times and situations, uh, we are uh, experiencing situations that are unprecedented to most of us. And I don't remember any other times in my life in which public worship was not possible. The current situation that is caused by COVID-19 uh, can be described uh, just in one word. It is a chaos. Many people go through times of difficulty, uneasiness, and even depression. And there is a, a term that says uh, corona, corona blues uh, that describe uh, you know, uh, mental uh, depression uh, due to a prolonged pandemic. Now, recently, uh, we heard news about you know, many people you know, lost their jobs and small business owners are struggling to survive. And on top of many challenging uh, things that are going on in the world, And churches are experiencing uh, things that are unexpected on their own. In many countries, the states 
have banned the public worship of the church and mass gatherings. And in Korea right now, even small group gatherings and Bible studies are temporarily prohibited. So what shall we do? Even within the church these days, uh, Christians are divided, and churches and, churches and Christians are divided over the issues of the religious right to have worship. Some churches and Christians are argued that it is their duty to comply with the order of the, of the government. On the other hand, there are churches and Christians that argue that the government has no right to control or interfere with the unique functions and activities of the church. Uh, for instance, I, I heard recently in the United States, uh, numerous churches around the country have filed lawsuits uh, claiming that banning religious gatherings in the name of public safety is a violation of the First Amendment. They say separation of state and the church is a legal principle in the United States. Now, in Korea, some churches still try to hold their Sunday services despite government's restrictions and warnings. They're willing to pay the penalty. Now, what do you think God would require of churches and Christians regarding the government's restrictions on, restrictions on religious freedom to have worship and to fellowship uh, in this coronavirus situation? Well, to give a quick answer uh, to this question is not an easy one. Some Christians argue that we should obey the government's authority since the, wor the Word of God teaches that. They base their argument on places like Romans 13. It says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. On the other hand, some Christians, other Christians argue that the government restrictions on the worship of the church goes directly against God's commandment to worship Him. Therefore, we Christians should choose to obey God rather than the government. Well, like I said, the answer is not an easy one. No matter what position you choose, and I choose, we choose, it is probably not with certainty, but with some degree of uncomfortableness. Now, what is still more important it's not to find a definite answer to this question, but to consider still deeper issues at stake at the moment. Now, what I'm saying is that the fundamental, fundamental issue at stake is not about whether we Christians should obey the government restrictions or not. I believe there are greater spiritual issues at stake. So we want to take time to consider some spiritual issues at stake today. Now, first of all, to begin with that, there are, I believe, at least two things from which we Christians should keep ourselves. Now, after talking briefly about these two, uh, so to speak, external matters, secondary matters, then we will go on to talk about the main spiritual issue at stake under the current circumstances. Now, first of all, uh, there is a tendency or cultural phenomenon, at least here in Korea, that there are so-called shy Christians. It is a term referring to those Christians who don't want to reveal their Christian identity because they don't want to be looked down upon. 
in Korea, there is, a, there is hatred from the society, hatred toward or disdain for Christians from the public. It is mainly due to the churches and their members who were involved in the political rallies that triggered the outbreak of coronavirus in this country. Well, I don't know whether they are genuine believers or not. But the thing is that to the world, it does not make much difference. Christians are Christians. So due to the hatred and disdain for Christians from the public, there are Christians who want to hide their Christian identity these days. Or they feel uncomfortable to reveal their identity in the society. They want to remain under the radar. Well, if you're a true believer, there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing we should be ashamed of as far as, as far as whom we believe and what we believe. The God we claim to believe is a glorious and omnipotent God. And our Lord Jesus Christ is most gracious and his gospel is most truthful. So there's nothing we should be afraid, uh, ashamed of. However, throughout history, even in the first century, it seems like there were believers, and there are believers today, who are ashamed of what they claim to believe. For, in, for instance, Romans chapter 1, Apostle Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Now notice here, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, which imply or connote that there were people who were ashamed of the gospel. And that is why, that is why Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. In Korea these days, there are Christians, obviously, who are ashamed of their Christian identity, what they believe. However, we should not be ashamed of the gospel. We should not be ashamed of who we are. Let us hold, hold, our, let us, our, hold our confidence in God and his gospel, no matter what. And another, another thing from which we should keep ourselves is that there are those, again, I don't know whether they are true believers or not, but there are those Christians who are okay with uh, the situation in which we cannot go to church on Sundays. I, I, I hear from some church goers in my neighborhood who told me that they find it even convenient not to go to church physically on Sundays. They say it is, it is good to be, you know, good to lie in bed, you know, longer on Sunday morning. And, you know, just, it's just so convenient just to, to turn on the YouTube or whatever uh, uh, is available uh, to participate worship online. I mean, this is, this is you know, uh, uh, you, know, you know, it is uh, a very abnormal situation. Uh, however, uh, they think this is okay, and they even wish that this continues to be like this. I'm sure that true believers are not okay with the current worship situation. However, if we're not careful, we might fall prey to physical laziness and spiritual apathy. And these kind of things can happen very subtly. You know, I found myself coming to church this morning and uh, for several Sundays in a row that since there is no first Korean service at 9.30, I, I can come 
before uh, 10.30, until 10.30, by 10.30. So physically, and I can have, you know, longer, you know, stay at home, you know, I don't have to rush uh, in the morning. I mean, physically, I feel better. However, this is, this is not, not a normal situation. We should not uh, give in to uh, this kind of, uh, you know, physical laziness or spiritual apathy. It can lead to spiritual apathy, I believe, if you're not careful. Now, let's just go on to talk about the main, main issue uh, that at stake uh, under this circumstance. Now, I believe, because we all believe in the sovereignty of God, we believe that God has definite plan and purpose for every uh, given situation, every circumstance. Now, God engineers everything in the course of history. So he has a definite plan and purpose for every given situation in every era. So I believe that in this situation that we are under, there is a will of God. There must be God's good and intended purpose even in these circumstances that is caused by coronavirus. To be more specific, there must be God's good and intended purpose for all His beloved children even when the public sanctuary worship is not possible. I believe there's something positive, something, something, God's good purpose, even in this. Now, this is the main theme I'd like to think about and talk about as we study the first five verses in the book of, uh, in, in, in Psalm 42. Now, the psalmist in Psalm 42 expresses his unquenchable thirst for God, for the living God, Let's read verse 1. It goes, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. Now, in different translations, uh, for instance, NLT, New Living Translation, it says, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. Now, why does the deer pant for flowing streams? Is it because he's thirsty? Of course, but not only he's thirsty, but he might have been chased by wild, uh, wild predators, predators. So his body is dangerously hot. He was running fast, and he is now feeling so hot in his body and so thirsty in his throat. So he needs to find flowing streams to jump into in order to cool down his body and quench his thirst. If not, he will die. The deer is experiencing an unusual longing for streams of water. Now, this is the spiritual condition of the psalmist. He longs for God with such intensity. His soul pants for God. He cannot live without having an encounter with God. Usually, separation from something or someone that you like or love, automatically creates longing, a deep desire to have it or to be with a person. Now think about the kind of food that you like, or someone or some people that you love. Think about your home food or your hometown or your home folks. I think many of you understand what I'm talking about. You have been away, many of you have been away from home and your loved ones. 
you probably have a longing for them and to be with them. And I think, I believe that this is one significant reason why we are in what we are. God wants us to grow in our longing for Him. The context in which psalmist longs for God is very similar to our current situation. Now, what do I mean by that? Now, he longs for God because he's unable to participate in public worship, in sanctuary worship. He longs for God whom he used to find in public worship. Now, how do I know? In verse 2, second half, he says, let's just read from the beginning. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? Now he's talking about worship, definitely. In verse 4, down to verse 4, these things I remember. As I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God. He's talking about sanctuary worship. With glad shouts, of, shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Now the answer to his longing comes in public worship. The psalmist recollects his former participation in sanctuary worship. His longing for God, whom he used to meet in the worship. Of course, he could, you know, seek God, you know, on his own. Privately, he could, you know, pray to him and read the scripture. But his thirst for God is not quenched. Why? It is because the living God the living God could be found usually in public worship when he worshiped him with his fellow believers. That's what he's talking about. He misses the times in which he could worship, with, worship God with fellow believers in the sanctuary. Now, think about this. We have been, we have been unable to uh, have this uh, public worship, sanctuary worship, for a while. I mean, I miss that. And I'm sure that many of you miss that too. There's something special. There's something special when we come together as a sanctuary to worship. To worship God in spirit and in truth. His presence becomes more vivid when, when, in a, uh, when we worship together in our corporate worship. Now, the psalmist, his longing for God was deepened while he was not able to participate in public worship. I think we are in a similar situation. God wants us to grow in our longing for him while we are unable to hold public worship as the psalmist did. The significance, significance of public worship cannot be replaced by anything. As a matter of fact, we are supposed to feel spiritually dry and weak while we are unable to participate in public worship. This is inevitable. I also want to say it is okay for us to be spiritually feeling lonely and even depressed, as long as we can use them to, to deepen our longing for the living God.
I think this is God's good purpose, His intended purpose for us during this time, as we can see in the case of the psalmist. We often try to find solutions to our loneliness and depression in ways that cannot truly quench our thirst for God. We try to fill our lonely times with movies, games, food, and friends, but there is nothing that can be, that can be a substitute for longing for God and our joy and satisfaction from Him. I don't know in the States, but in Korea, many people these days mock Christians and criticize us. They have such hatred toward churches and Christians. For, I mean, in a sense, legitimate reasons. We live in, in the days in which the world mocks and even hates churches and Christians. And it is more so these days because of the coronavirus. I don't know why, but the psalmist was also ridiculed and mocked by the heathens around him. He says in verse 3, My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? Now, do you hear this kind of scorn, scornful uh, you know, mocking and question from the world saying, Where is your God? Where is your God? They mock us by saying, does God truly exist? If so, look at the condition of the church these days, so pathetic. Well, many Christians don't feel comfortable with this, I know. And they try to defend themselves by saying, oh, we're good citizens. We want to cooperate with, uh, with the society and we want to do our duty. We want to uh, obey God, you know, government's rules and restrictions, and they try to, you know, try very hard to make them look better. But I want to say, let's receive those mockings and, and, and hatred if necessary. I mean, we don't want to be foolish. We don't want to be rude and invite, you know, uh, hatred and, 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 and disdain from the society, but if that's something that we have to go through, let it be. We are called to suffer for Christ's sake. The world will mock the church, even persecute the church. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says in verse 11, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. It says, When others revile you or persecute you or utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on his account, rejoice. I mean, we cannot always have, you know, good, have good terms with the world. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Like I said, there are some Christians who try to make, make a friendship, friendly relationship with the world uh, that criticize the church by trying so hard to cooperate with the ways of the world. When the world says, close down the church, they say, yes, we will. Again, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we should disobey 
or defy government authority, what I'm saying is this. Sometimes we're supposed to be misunderstood and mistreated by the world. As followers of Jesus Christ, we follow his sufferings as well as his, his glory. However, let us remember that our good God always has good purpose for his church, for his children. He will come back. He will allow us to have worship. He will reveal himself to us. Therefore, we are to encourage ourselves, ourselves by reminding us of the fact that he is faithful and he is living. He will change the course of the world. He's in charge. He is in charge, and he will resume our worship. He will meet with us in our public worship. He will bless you by allowing you to see and taste his goodness and loving kindness once again. Our God will not disappoint us, nor will he forsake us. The psalmist encourages and admonishes himself by talking to his own soul in verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. See, we Christians, we may go through some times of, of despair or, or sorrow or being misunderstood or seasons of dryness. However, we can still be hopeful because we believe in the God of hope. We hope in Him. We shall again praise Him in our public worship. We shall again call upon our, our God together. I mean, dramatically speaking, if not here, forever up there, we will worship Him. So let us hope in God. Let us encourage ourselves by reminding us of the truth. We shall praise and worship Him again. And He is our God. And He wants you and me to grow in our longing for Him. In our longing for Him. I think that's one clear will of God for all of us during this time. Amen? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, uh, as we read the scripture, Psalm 42, and see the similarity between uh, the psalmist situation and our situation. And God allowed, you allowed providentially and sovereignly for the psalmist to go through uh, that situation in which he longed, learned to long for God in public worship, we are going through the same thing to grow in our longing for you, longing for brothers and sisters to gather together to worship you. We regard it as something, something natural and automatic every Sunday, but we realize nowadays that it is not. As a matter of fact, in many different parts of the world, Sunday worship is not as freely possible as it has been to us. Lord, 
We long for worshiping you together. We long for your spiritual presence in our worship. We want to once again praise you together and worship you together and have fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, let us not take anything for granted. Everything is, is your gift and blessing from above. Lord, we hope that we will be able to worship you again. We hope to sing praises to you again. We know that you're faithful and you have good purpose for all of us, your church. We thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.